was all prepared to bring this word that the Lord had given me, and then on Monday, he shifted it, and he, I feel like he really gave me a word. Um, it's a seasonal word for right now, and especially for the storehouse in the season that you're moving in. Um, but first, I want to tell a joke, okay? <laughs> and it was so funny because, oh, I'll tell you after the joke, so... <laughs> Did you know that the three wise men were firemen? They came from afar. (laughs) So I have to tell you. My dad, and I, I just, we were worshiping, all of a sudden I saw my dad, and it was, uh, my dad's been passed away for about 15 years now, but when I was a little girl, he would preach, whenever the pastor was out of town, my dad was the preacher, and all of a sudden I was back in the church where he was, and he was preaching, and that was the joke he shared that Sunday. So I was like, and I just started crying because, you know, you miss your daddy when he's gone. So, um, and then I heard Daddy God say, I'm proud of you. And I was like, oh, I'm wrecked now. But it's really funny because um, the Lord told me that he had a word from you about the three wise men. And I've never heard anyone ever preach on this or read any books. And I read a lot of books um, on this stuff before. And I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to step out there and and let you do what you want to do and say what you want to say. So we're going to start in Matthew 2. um, And it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And then I'm going to scoot down to verse 11. And he says, After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother and fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh and having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod the magi left for their own country by another way God has something hidden for us in this new season that we're moving into and there is a shifting and that's one of the things that the Lord's been telling me that there's a shifting and there's a real shifting in your house Um, I feel like God's even repositioning people right now Um, and but it's really key for us to um, and it's not just this house but it's the house of God he's doing a shifting and he's stirring people up and um, in Proverbs 25 2 it says It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. So um, tonight, let's be kings, okay? God's hidden something for us in this season, and it's our job to begin to search it out. So Lord, we ask that you, um, as you shook those scales off of us during worship, and you minister to us. Give us your gift of wisdom right now to see and to hear what you have for us tonight. (sighs) Mm, Thank you, Lord. 
so the Magi, you know, a lot of times they say there were three kings, and we've heard all of this. It didn't really number them, and it was actually just a group of, of um, men, and this is uh, the word Magi is a cast of wise men specializing in astronomy, astrology, and natural science. Um, they were men that knew the seasons and the times. They were watchers of what was happening in the world around them. And there's something key and that we've got to be discerning about in the times and seasons in our lives. And Matthew 16:3 it says, "And in the morning there will be a storm today for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance you do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky but cannot discern the signs of the times?" And I know you've heard this verse from 1 Chronicles 12:32, the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their kinsmen were at their command. As we move into this season when there's chaos all around us and there's uncertainty and there's fear and the love of men is growing cold, which is a sign of the times. We've got to be wise men. And because God is looking for people to, to reveal himself to. He's hidden things for us in this season. And he is, his heart is yearning, desiring to reveal things to us. Everything's from patents to, to um, inventions to songs, and you already, I, I, every time I come here, I new, hear new songs. And, and, it, and they're songs that are going to birth something in the soul, yeah. in the depths. It's going gonna, it's gonna to shift DNA. And I love how, I'm sure y'all have heard about how the DNA is actually strands that are moved by sound. That our body is moved by sound. And the songs are going to begin to shift things in the DNA. And, and God is doing something right now. And the question is, are we going to be wise men and search it out? And not be apathetic and asleep? There are many in these last days, not of the kingdom of God, that will be more prepared than the house of the Lord for what God is about to do. Because they're not mindful of the signs of the times. These magi were not believers. They weren't believers. They weren't from that country. They weren't of the Jewish history or the family. But they knew the king of Jews had been born. They knew the prophetic words. They watched the sky and they traveled probably about a year to come and honor the king of the Jews. Not their religion. And there's going to come a time that if we don't step it up, the world's going to pass us by. And they're going to grab hold of the gifts and the, the miracles and the patents and the creativity that God wants to download to us. Because we're not watching. Because we're asleep. And we've got to open our eyes. My brother, um, and my oldest brother, is not a believer. He's probably one of those that you call a prepper. He should be on one of those TV shows. Um, he lives out in the middle of nowhere and has his um, solar panels and um, 
porta potty with dung beetles that eat everything as soon as it happens and just, you know, sends me pictures and I'm like, cool, okay. But he knows something's going on. He comes to me and he was like, oh, there's going to be these, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll read prophetic words like on the Elijah list and he'll come and tell me about these things that are getting ready to happen. And he's not a believer, but he, he's watching the times. He's watching the seasons and he's preparing, probably not the right way <laughs> because he doesn't understand because he doesn't have the revelation of the love of God and God's heart for the world. But when that meets that vision of God's movement, something's going to just explode. God revealed his plans to these men because they were watchers and they were hungry. So what are you hungry for? What are you willing to do for that hunger? Sometimes we expect God to reveal to us simply because we've accepted him. I'm a little Christian. I'm a believer and God's going to show up in my house first, right? Right? He's going to come and rescue me and sweep me away and I don't have to go through anything bad. Because I'm his favorite. Yes, I am his favorite. Oh, we're all his favorite, right? But... But I have to be willing to step out to get something we've never had before. We have to be willing to do something we've never done before. These wise men traveled a long distance on camels. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they were willing to search. And we have to be careful of the entrapment of entitlement as believers. And that is a principality over our nation. And it's seeping into the house of God. I'm entitled to have it my way because I tithe. Because I'm, you know, a leader. Because I'm a believer. The only thing that I'm entitled to is to die because I'm a sinner. But by the grace of God, I have access to these hidden riches and dreams and passions that are in my lover's heart. But what am I entitled to? Squat. <laughs> but for the grace of God. Recently, God had me um, step down from my paid position, and I got paid pretty good. I've been there for five and a half years, and, you know, I, I was pretty good at what I did. I've been doing it for a long time. I had 70 volunteers in the children's ministry, 70 volunteers, and a church of around 220. <laughs> Okay, so um, because we were able to cast vision of what God's heart was, which was the next generation. Uh, if we're going to um, 
have a revival, y'all are revivalists, right? If you're going to start a revival that's going to continue, you got to go down to the kiddos and speak revival into their DNA. Or it's going to burn out. It just will. But that's not what I was going to say. But God said, okay, there was a, something that he put in my heart and he says, draw a line in the sand. And I was like, okay, I drew the line in the sand. And God says, okay, you know, we, we hit this wall on a minor theological difference. And God says, quit. I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, are you willing to follow me? I said, with all my heart. All that I am belongs to you, God. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. I quit because I was looking at the destiny of the kids that were coming behind me. That I was willing to take a stand for them. And I left my job because I believed in their destiny. What are you willing to leave to follow him? It's a little scary giving up a big major salary. You know what, you've done it. But we ride roller coasters, right? And we get on them again and again and again and again. And we go, Woo! Because we love the ride. And you know, God's rod is so much better and bigger and he's going to provide for us exceedingly and abundantly more than we can imagine or hope for. And you're dreamers, right? So you can dream and imagine a lot. I can. And he's got more than that than his heart for me. So I think it's interesting that... In Matthew 2, 3 that we just read, it says, When King Herod heard this about the Magi coming into town looking for the king of the Jews, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. Everybody in Jerusalem were troubled. They were like, huh. The Messiah that my grandfather talked about and my great-grandfather talked about and all of these books that are read to us every week in the temple and all of these stories. He was born here. It didn't say they did anything about it. It's just that it troubled them. Huh. How many times do you get a word, a revelation, a truth, and it troubles you, but you don't really do anything about it? God's wanting to shake us up. Get up, stand up. It was like he preached it all right there from the worship today. It was like, whoa, okay. The whole first song was like, okay, that's all. Okay, he's done. We're good. But, but are you going to be a doer? They were waiting for the Messiah's return. He was their savior, but they expected him to come to them and required nothing on their behalf. Does it trouble you when someone else moves in power? Someone else gets a revelation and you don't? Troubled all of Jerusalem. They didn't get the revelation. They weren't watching. But God says that you are house of watchmen. That's what the Lord's telling me. I was telling John a little bit of this before we came in here. And he goes, you know what Eckert means, don't you? 
And I was like, now? He goes, Watchmen. I was like, yeah! All right, God! <laughs> this is a house of Watchmen. But there's others here that are Watchmen too. I know, I've got my friends that are intercessors and they're Watchmen. They see, they get stirred, and they're crying out. And once you find that truth, once you get that revelation, you have to take action. And that action the wise men took was they had to travel to honor the revelation. We have to honor the revelation that God gives us. In Matthew 10, 41, Tracy talks about it. Uh, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. We have to honor every revelation that comes from God. Not just the people that carry the revelations. And we honor the revelations by taking action. And these wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. They didn't expect anything in return. They traveled to a foreign land to give honor, not to receive honor. And they were, so, the, the, the Magi in that time were kind of like the counsel to the king. He was the one that he, they would go to and ask their advice. Kind of like the sons of Issachar. They would, they would tell the, land, the whole nation of Israel what needs to happen. Because they were watchmen. And in a heathen country, these Magi, even though they weren't believers, they still carried the gift of a watchman. And there's many out there that are carrying the gift that haven't gotten the revelation yet. You had the revelation. And God's called you into that gift of being a watchman for him in this season. So the three things they brought, the Lord really started talking to me about it. So when you think of gold, what do you think of? What? Come on. Treasure. Shiny. Jewels, riches. Okay, you prophetic people, when you dream about gold. What? Purity. Glory. Perfection. Um, I was thinking royalty. Um, and, and I started kind of digging into the scriptures and asking God um, what he was saying about this um, This. The gold that they brought. Why gold? Why frankincense? Why myrrh? Of all the things that these guys had access to, they brought three things. Okay, we're going to be kings. He's hidden something, right? So let's, let's ask him. And so I've been asking, what is this that he's speaking to us about here? And they brought it to honor him. And honoring is knowing and showing value. Everybody say, knowing and showing value. So they knew the value of this new king and they showed him the value by bringing him the thing that he desired as a baby. So gold. In Psalm 45, 13, and I, you know, I've read the Bible a lot and I, I miss this scripture. Have you ever gotten, you read something all of a sudden like, where did that come? from. I've read that. I know. It's like, you know, you go looking for your shoes in the house. It's like, no, they weren't there before. 
my husband tells me that all the time. It's like, they're right where you, t- uh, nope, they weren't there. But okay. Anyway, 45.13, the king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is wrought gold. The daughter of the king. Who in here is the daughter of the king? We're all daughters of the king. We're all the bride of Jesus, right? So her clothing is wrought gold. And so when we think of the clothing that God commands us to put on, it's, it's that righteousness, that robe of righteousness. And I always thought of the robe of righteousness as maybe as white, you know, and, and it refers to the white robes as well. But because there's, there's something about putting on the gold. And um, in Revelation 21, 2 and 3, and you know, It says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. We are that bride of Christ, right? Yes? Yes. Yes. And we have to begin to dress appropriately, right? So if we're going to come before the king, now in Revelation, further down in that same chapter, and it's describing um, the New Jerusalem. In verse 18, it says, The material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. It's like gold, like clear glass. God is calling us to put on a pure gold that's like clear glass that we're so pure we're transparent he's calling us to a new level of transparency a new level of purity refined and burned up in his love totally consumed so that there's nothing left except for him to shine out of us right reflect through us you don't see me i want you to see jesus crazy awesome passionate loving insane for this world jesus totally wrecked for everyone he meets and transparent about it i don't have to be tough i don't have to be cool I just have to be wrecked with love and let it show out of me. We need to be transparent in our clothing. And that's the first gift we need to bring to the Lord. Is our purity and our transparency. Because you are the city of God among men. He dwells in you, in us. In this season, We're going to have to be transparent because the world is tired of fake. It's tired of fake. And it's one thing to burn here, but he wants you to burn out there. He wants you to burn in the grocery stores. He wants you to burn if you're stuck in 635 traffic for an hour. Right? What would happen if you got out of car? your car and started going can I pray for you (laughs) can I love you I just 
thought it might be one of those days we might be stuck in traffic. So I'm just going to hand out sandwiches on 635. You know? Because you're watching the times. God says, oh, you might get stuck today. Oh, well, okay. Cool. What are we going to do when I get stuck? Right? Because you're, you're, you're consumed You're pure. You're transparent all the time. You're the same here as you are there. That's what we're going to have to be. The other two gifts, frankincense and myrrh, they're kind of entwined throughout Scripture. Um, there's something that kind of goes together. In Song of Solomon, oh, it's like I almost feel, you know, a little rated R. You know, when you start getting into Song of Solomon and you're like, oh, okay. But he tells us um, there's something important about frankincense and myrrh. They awaken the heart of our lover. And um, David, where's David at? Is he in here? No? Okay, well, he's going to miss it. Um, when he was up there playing guitar, I was seeing myrrh drop from his hands. And it was also dropping off of you. And um, so when we get to that later, um, if you want some of that myrrh, he's gonna, you, can, you can get, well, if David comes back, but you can get paid in here to pray for you because it's, it's yeah. Okay, anyway, frankincense. I'm going to get off track. <laughs> Um, Song of Solomon 4. It says, Until the cool of the day when the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. There is romance in Jesus' eyes when he smells... Up oh, there you are. That's okay. That's okay. He, he gets that. It's, but you had myrrh dripping from you while you were playing the guitar. So, um, so we talk about that later. If y'all want some of it, these guys, they have it. Um, okay, so there's romance in Jesus' eyes when he smells um, frankincense and when he smells myrrh. It awakens his love for us. He also wants the world to know of his lovers. He wants to reveal us to the nations. Um, in verse, in chapter 4, verse six, 16, it says, and this is that same chapter, he's, he's talking about, you know, in the, in the evening, he wants to go to his, his love, and, and he wants to go to that place where there's that frankincense and myrrh, and that's, that's in the, the bridal chamber, where it's the intimacy and the knowing of the knowing, if you know what I mean, right? Um, it's that, that marriage bed, and where you smell like your lover, because you spend time with him. And and in verse 16, down he goes, Awake, O north wind, and come. Wind of the south, make my garden breathe out fragrance. Let its spices be wafted abroad. May my beloved come into his garden and eat its choice fruits. 
He wants to take your fragrance and blow it to the north. He wants to take your fragrance that you're stirring up here and blow it to the south. He wants to to send it abroad. The fragrance that you get in the quiet place, in that intimate place with him, he wants to blow it out. But you've got to be willing to be sent to go wherever he's blowing you. You have to say, okay, God, I'm yours. Wherever you want to go... I'm going to go. See, frankincense and myrrh, they both come from the stripping of trees. And they tap what's within those trees. And, and to, to really get to that intimacy with him, there is a season of stripping that we have to go through. It's not fun. It's hard. A lot of you have been through seasons of stripping and you're going to go through more seasons of stripping and pruning. (sighs) But the intimacy that comes from that is phenomenal. I would have never been able to do what I did a month ago and quit my job if I had not a year ago gone through cancer gone through chemo and lost my hair and you know lost a lot of other things and but from that stripping and the hardness and the pain came this intimacy where life is too short to not follow your lover wherever he wants to go to do whatever he wants to do whatever's in his heart for today Life's too short. I may not have next week. We may not have next month. We've got to be full out on fire, burning for God 24-7. And go, do what's in our hearts. He created, I love, I think it's um, Chris Vallotton that said, um, God had a dream and wrapped your body around it. So the dreams inside of you were his dreams and he wrapped your body around his dream. So why not run after it? Because it was his dream to begin with, right? He wants to give you the desires of his heart because they were his desires first for you. So run. Go for it. Because when you do, it's honoring him. It's a gift to him. I love that frankincense, I learned that um, it, it, it grows in weird environments. And you can even find it growing in a solid rock. The, the, the tree that they get frankincense from, it will grow in a solid rock. Just grow out of a rock. Kind of reminds me of Christians. Because we're called to grow in weird places but we're planted in the rock. Right? God, you know, when God does stuff like this, it's these hidden things. There's something in it, guys. When we start searching these, there's too many coincidences. They're not coincidences. They're God showing us how he's been in this all along. Frankincense, he commanded in the temple that every sacrifice that was brought had to have frankincense smeared on top of it. Every burnt sacrifice in the temple had to have frankincense smeared on top of it. 
and it went up in a smoke offering. And what are those smoke offerings referred to in, the, in Revelation? The prayers of the saints. Your prayers that come through the stripping in your lives and the hard things are an incense to him. Your prayers change his heart and cause him to move. Brings him honor. Jeremiah 6.20 says, For what purpose does frankincense come to me from Sheba and the sweet cane from the distant land? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable and your sacrifices are not pleasing to me. And then in Psalm 51, 16 and 17 says, For you do not delight in sacrifice. Otherwise I would give it. You're not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God are a bro broken heart, broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Our frankincense today is our contrite hearts before the Lord. It's not the sacrifice. It's not the doing, 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 going, going, going. I'm going to serve better, serve longer, be at the house of the Lord longer. It's this brokenness, this stripping that releases the fragrance of God. And he breathes it in and then he blows it out to the nations. And with that, he blows you out to the nations. Because you're going to be sent. You're going to be sent. It's going to happen. He's looking for a bride that's willing to be stripped of these things of this world and be planted wholeheartedly in her rock, Jesus. He wants her heart to be broken for the things that break his heart. Truly repentant that you're turning away from your desires because his desires are your desires and your desires are his desires because you're all mixed together and you're like, God, this morning I woke up and want to do whatever you want me to do today. What are we going to do today, God? What are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you're, you're his. You are the thing that he breathes in every morning. And when examining myrrh, I first thought about, you know, that's one of the spices they put on Jesus when they buried him. But in further st study, it represents um, in Esther, she spent six months being soaked in myrrh to be prepared for her groom. Six months of just soaking in myrrh to be the bride. And they, they put it on Jesus when he died to preparing for his king, to go before the king. It's that wrapping up in intimacy of getting ready to go into the chamber, having the heart like I don't want anything else except to be intimate with you, Jesus. And when you're really intimate with somebody, you really do begin to smell like them. Uh, I, my grandson, Tucker, um, he's living with us right now. And I come in and he comes home from school and he runs up and gives me a hug and I'm like, oh, you smell like boy! Because he's been outside, right? 
He's been running and playing, smells like wet dog, actually, kind of. <laughs> but when people, when they encounter you, they go, Baden, you smell like Jesus. Like Peter, when he walked down the street and they put people out because he was coming in a shadow, healed people. I felt like it was his, his fragrance would come by because he had been with Jesus, that myrrh dripped off of him from intimacy. And that's what the Lord was showing me over you two men tonight. That the, the intimacy just drips from you. And those that are having a hard time breaking in to, to the, the, that intimacy, you've gotten hard-hearted for some reason. God wants to break that off of you tonight. He really wants you to just be completely transparent and tell you how much he loves you and that you're not a mistake and that any mistakes you've made are not too big. He says they're not too big. They're not too big. And the lies of the places that you've been that have held you back and told you not to dream, God says that's not him. He's got more. You're not disqualified. He says, I've qualified you. You're mine, and you're a pleasing, honoring gift to me. Jesus, our King, is looking for wise men and wise women to honor him, truly honor him, to know his value, and to show his value to the world. We have to know the times. We have to be willing to go the distance. We have to clothe ourselves in this transparent purity and righteousness. We have to have repentant, contrite hearts. Immediate. When we mess up, God, I just, I love you, I'm sorry. What are we going to do now? Don't dwell on it. Don't hang out on your mistakes and walk around with a flogger, you know, flogging yourself as you walk, which many Christians do. Why do they flog themselves? I don't get it. Makes no sense. Immediate forgiveness. Immediate repentance. Repentance is changing directions. Just change directions. Say, I'm all yours. Let's go. Don't hang out on yesterday. Don't hang out on last year or last month. Just move forward. And embrace the intimacy. Don't disqualify yourself because it's all yours. You're the greatest gift that he's received. You're his heart's desire. And this is your season to step up to the wall, to see what's happening, and to shout it to the world. He's going to use you, your transformers, your watchman, you're his. All you have to do is say, yeah, okay, whatever you want, God, I'm yours. It's not hard. He did all the hard, hard work. <laughs>